Uh, today, just something that's been on my heart I wanted to share, actually give you also an update uh, on, on the church building situation, but also uh, I had the opportunity last minute to go last week to the return. Some of you may have seen that on television out there in Washington, D.C., where 50,000 plus believers converged on the Capitol. And uh, it was just amazing. Uh, and what I noticed, just there was all ages, but majority were people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And, and uh, they were pretty passionate. They were pretty patriotic. They'd have U.S. flags shoved in their head. And I mean, they were waving flags. I mean, it was, a, it was like a throwback of Woodstock. Some of you would remember that. But, you know, a little bit more tame. But they, I, what I noticed about it is the love for God in this nation. And when it came time to repent or to pray, you saw elderly, you saw all ages drop to their knees right there in the grass or the dirt and just begin to pray for our country, for our president, for our nation, for, for God to move. So you need to know uh, that God is still alive and well in America. And there are many more like you and I in this nation that love and are passionate about the Lord. And so that's just a, a brief update. And there was actually two, two uh, uh, events going on that day. Uh, there was the return, but then there was Prayer 2020 with Franklin Graham. And so they met at the Lincoln Memorial and thousands of believers, and then they marched all the way to the, to the Capitol, and, and they prayed along the way each stop and prayed for our country and each, each of the monuments. So, amen. Let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing as we begin. Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask that you speak through me and give to your people what they need today to hear. Lord, I pray for your grace, your presence, your anointing. Uh, to fill this place, oh Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Zechariah 4. And I'm going to do a little throwback and a recap. That right there is the house we started the church actually today, this Sunday, 20 years ago. So this is actually the public for moving out of the house to the tech school. So that was actually around the fall of 1999. We met through the summer, but officially we launched, you know, uh, October. I believe that Sunday was October 1st, 2000. And, and so today is the, really the, the, the first Sunday in October, the 20-year anniversary. And I have a scripture that I would like to read that really has been stirring in my heart. And, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background about this quickly. It says, the hands of Zerubbabel, reading in Zechariah, and uh, he was the governor of Judah. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, talking about rebuilding the temple or the temple that was destroyed. His hands will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Somebody say amen. Last November the 24th, and I remember it clearly because it was a three by 10 Sunday. And we had a building, church building announcement. How many remember that? It was, uh, some of you were there after service. And we have a set of plans, we've raised some money, and we've uh, felt like, uh, uh, you know, this is the direction the Lord had us in, but it just seemed too far off, and we needed to raise just a lot more, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. and. And I didn't want to put that on a church body. And so we had the trustees up here, and, and we talked about that. 
some of you that were here and that it just, it just seemed that it just was too much at this time. And it was actually a pretty, it was a pretty sad time for my wife and I. Um, we just had to put that off, uh, that, that, that building. But I remember reading that morning, knowing I had to make that announcement that we're just not able to move forward as a church. And, and I, I had my Bible open and I started to read and, and it was Zechariah 1.7. And this is November 24th, 2019. On the 24th day of the 11th month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah. Wait, what? And I'm reading this this morning, knowing what I had to do that service uh, later on. And it was Sunday, November 24th. I understand Gregarian counter, Jewish counter, all that's different than 5,000 days, but this spoke to me that morning. That's what matters. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, you know, we had to make that announcement that we we're not going to be able to build, and it was, a, it was a very agonizing time. At the end of the service, we just made that, and, and it was just, I don't know, it was just sad. And I, uh, to be quite frank and honest with you, I didn't have any hope that we'd, we would ever move forward. And, and then the question that really after that really swirled really to my wife and I is, you know, maybe God doesn't want us to do this at all, you know, and uh, at that time. And, 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 and even we've contemplated maybe we're too old <laughs> and we need to step out of the picture and get someone else in. No, I'm serious. I'm just being honest with you. And it's like time for, you know, the younger generation to step in and and, and, and I, I was, I struggled with that, but I thought if that's what the Lord wants, then so be it. I, I don't understand it the way what the Lord has. And so we, we felt quite helpless and hopeless just in, in that season. And so then fast forward, we have spring 2020 and it was March 11th, our anniversary, we landed back in the U.S. from a Sri Lanka trip. And then the government shut down flights and we've got this China virus, this COVID that hits. And so then we did what most churches, we did church online for 10 weeks. And uh, after about 10 weeks, uh, the 31st of May, Pentecost Sunday, I said, you know what? People need to be in church and people need to be around worship and people need to be around each other. And so we did our best practices and, and, and uh, we came back then and I thank God he's protected us, okay, and, and moving forward. Um, but nothing profound happened with this building. And, and I was really hoping uh, that before that, that Sunday on the 24th, uh, of November, last November, something supernatural happened. Come on, somebody. How many understand what I mean? Like, you know, like last minute, somebody walks in I don't know, and he hands me a million-dollar check. <laughs> oh, you know? You know, all dancing, swinging from the chandeliers, you know, like, wow. And, and, and just just something, and, 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 and nothing happened like that. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know. And, and I felt like a leader that was like a leper. Do you ever hear that term, a leader... There's actually an Old Testament story about a leader who was a leper. It was Naaman. So he led, he had authority, but he was a leper. It was like, it's just he, when people come around, like people, people are fearful of the virus, and you know, it's like, whoa, you know, these lepers shout leprosy, leprosy, you know, and I just felt like nothing was working out. Did you ever feel like that in your life, you know? And, and so in 2 Kings, as I read, it's like, so the Bible talks about Naaman. Naaman went with his horses and chariots. He was a leper. He was a captain in the Syrian army. And uh, it said that he was mighty in all his deeds, but he 
had leprosy. It just says it really clear. And I thought it was interesting. And so his maid actually says, hey, would to God you'd go to Israel. There's, there's a prophet there and you could be healed of your disease. He's like, what? Wait. You know, on the word of a maid, he, he picks up in his army and he goes to, to Israel. And this is where we pick up in 2 Kings 5. And so, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Say, so he comes to the door of this great prophet. And what does Elijah do? He sends a messenger. Elijah's on the couch. He's got his coffee. He's probably watching, you know, football or something like that. He's like, hey, go just go tell him to dip in the Jordan seven times. He don't even come to the door. How insulting is that? It'd be like, you know, a four-star general coming to your house and you say, you know what, son, just go over there and just tell him whatever he needs. Pretty insulting, huh? And that, that's actually what happens. And, and so he, the Bible says, he sent, Elijah sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, your flesh will be restored and you'll be cleansed. And here's the verse that really spoke to me in 2 Kings 5, but I mean, I felt like a leper. But Naaman went away angry. Somebody shout angry. angry. Have you ever felt angry before? <laughs> Some of you maybe feel angry right now. Some of you are fighting with your spouse. We won't talk about that. <clears throat> and then he says these two words, I thought. I thought. What did he think? I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord and, and, and wave his hand over the spot. Come on, something pretty pronounced, right? You know, where, oh man, what a mighty Syrian general here and something really profound and God did none of that, right? Come on, are you with me? And he said, and, 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 and cure me of my leprosy, some real pronounced thing. None of it happened. None of it happened. I thought, I thought, and then he goes on to say, are there not rivers? He gets upset. In Damascus, better than the waters in Israel? Because I've been actually had the fortunate privilege of being baptized in the Jordan. It's a filthy river. If you haven't been there, it's dirty. It's not like crystal clean. It's like, whoa. That's where Jesus was baptized, in the Jordan. Dirty river. And so he knows that. He said, aren't there better waters of Israel? Could I wash in them and be cleansed? And so he, he turned and went off in a rage. I can't even tell you how many times I wanted to quit ministry in the last 20 years. Usually I would say it was like Mondays, like Monday morning, Monday afternoon, and I go, oh, man. Sometimes it's now fast forward to like Sunday afternoon around 1. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a bomb. It was so bad, that service. Like, God turned away. Nobody, it was, it, how many hear what I'm saying? You know, I thought, I thought. Naaman's servant in verse 13 says to him, my father, Sir, O man of God, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not have done it? That's right. At one time I was thinking, Lord, if you want me to stand on my head, I'll stand on my head, look like a fool. And I'll do anything. <laughs> what do I need to do to make this happen? I thought. And the prophet had told him, if you, would, you know, wouldn't you, if he asked you something difficult, would you have done it? He said, how much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? There's, there's something very really prophetic in that, in God's moving in our life about continually with repentance. Hear me, church. Washing, being cleansed. How many know God's more concerned about those things than the outward things? Verse 14. So he went down reluctantly, humbly. He dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. Not once, seven. <laughs> seven times. And as the man of God had told him. And... And as he was dipping the first time, 
Second, nothing is changing. Everything is the same. Until after the sixth time, was it six or five? No, it's six. One more time dip. How many know God requires obedience in our lives? And sometimes when we reach that point of the cup being full and obedience, God says, okay, now's the time. Now's the time. At the seventh time, the Bible said he came up. He was restored. His skin was cleansed like that of a young boy. A miracle took place. How many know God is still in the miracle business? But what's resounded with me even today, being our 20th publicly, is the words, I thought. I thought God would do that. I thought when I got married, or I thought when this happened, I thought when I started having kids, or I, I thought when my career would take, I thought this would happen, and it just didn't happen that way. <clears throat> Nothing demonstrative happened to him, but he kept dipping. He kept obeying. He, he, just, he just kept dipping. And, and these past 20 years been 20 years of just dipping, obeying, not seeing. My prayers and answers. I, I, you know, I wanted a husband, I wanted a wife, and you know, when we're going to have kids, when we're going to buy that house, and when, 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 I just keep dipping. I don't see anything, just keep dipping. How many with me say amen? Well, this past summer, for no particular reason other than keep dipping, <laughs> um, something happened in my heart. I don't know how to explain it, and all I'm going to say is not super spiritualize it because it doesn't really seem very spiritual at all, quite frankly. Something was deposited in my spirit man that said this, Mike, now's the time. You can do this. I don't know how many times I dipped over 20 years and wanted to quit, but I felt the Lord say, now's the time. So then I put the brakes on. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to just share my thoughts and what I felt God gave me for, for, for this, this message here. And I'm, I'm almost done. And someone once said this, so many dreams die because people were terrified to make the wrong decision. And I felt like the Lord say, make this decision a decision of faith in me. Okay, and so I was thinking about this, and I shared with the staff a few weeks ago, and then Kim Boutain actually said, hey, Pastor Mike, don't you remember on the service there in November, which I totally forgot, it happens when you hit your 50s, I totally forgot, at the end, I shared these verses in Zechariah. For those of you there, you would remember that. And actually, Angie Johnson said, you know what, Mike, why didn't you share that at the beginning? I said, because we're making an announcement, we're not moving forward. So these verses I'm about to share with you or read, they were actually, it seemed out of context for the end of that meeting, for those of you who were there. And it was actually a prophetic word uh, at that time for, for, for Zerubbabel, in, in, but I, I just shared it, this is what I read that morning. Uh, out of context, totally. And so I just want to read what I shared back then. It says, it talks about the golden lampstand and the olive trees. Uh, chapter four. The angel who was speaking with me came back and awakened me. Uh, like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. He said to me, what do you see? I said, I see and behold a lampstand of gold. And, and actually in Old Testament, a lampstand actually means the church is a golden lampstand. Why? Because it, it enlightens the world through divine revelation. That's what the local church is. And he said, with its bowl for oil on top of it in seven lamps 
on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. Verse three, and there are two olive trees by it and one on the right side of the bowl and the other on the left side, supplying it continuously with oil. Wow. So I asked the angel who was speaking to me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who was speaking with me answered, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. Then he said to me, this continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the prince of Judah. And this is what it says, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. And then in verse seven, what are you, O great mountain of obstacles, human resistance, before Zerubbabel, who will build the temple. This is what I shared at the end of that statement. We're not moving forward. It says this, you will become a plain, an insignificant, a mere molehill, it means in the Hebrew. Interesting. And he will bring out the capstone of the new temple with loud shouts of grace, grace to it. Meaning, favor from God, favor with God, with joy and satisfaction, the church will be built. I'd like the trustees to come forward at this time. I've asked them to come forward this morning. Verse 8 says, in the Lord, and also Julie and Rhonda, if you come also. The Lord of the Lord came to me in verse 9. He says, the hands of Zerubbabel, who have laid the foundation of this house, who had started it, his hands, his hands will finish it. Then you will know and recognize and understand fully that the Lord of hosts has sent me as his messenger to you with reason, despise not the day of small beginnings. Today I come before you with trustees. Y'all can come a little bit more closer too in the light. <laughs> to make an announcement that we are moving forward to build the church this spring. Thank you. With much prayer and sacrifice and patience, trial and error and many tears and disappointments and setbacks along the way, this spring we will be breaking ground. Possibly maybe this fall, but this spring we will be breaking ground on our new church building. And I've asked the trustees to come forward. Uh, thank you, love. Uh, if they have a word or something that they'd like to share. And then we have one because Mark was not able to make it, but Mark and Diane made a wonderful video. We're going to pull that up in a moment. And so Jeff, if you want to share something. This is a, a special day for me. Um, remember 20 some years ago, Mike and I talked and Mike said, I'm called to start a church. And uh, I knew immediately my spirit. That was, I was all in. That was... Uh, and I've been through the houses and, and been through the schools and, and here. And to me, this is just a, this is a fab, fabulous day. And, you know, I've watched my kids grow up in the church, and Mike and Rhonda, and you know, all the beautiful people here, all the things you've done for my family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And uh, 
It's an awesome day if we get to go forward. And you know, I'm thinking of all the young people here, the kids. You know, I think of all those people, kids under 10. I mean, my word, the future we have is a great day. Ben. Well, I haven't been here quite as long as Jeff, but I have known Mike and Rhonda for many years. Um, Mike was actually, when I was in the Women's Globe Ministry, he was our advisor, and so I feel like he has been influenced, an influence in my life for many years before even coming here, and Rhonda was also part of that ministry. And um, when we were praying about coming to move to Alexandria, we knew, without a doubt, we didn't look at any other church. We knew this is where God wanted us to be. And so from the time we've been here, which has been five summers, um, there's been talk about building a church. And I just felt in my spirit, yes, you know. Um, and I just, we had to go with God's timing. And this is God's timing. I think we all feel it. We all know it's time. God has been blessing this church. I mean, during COVID, the giving has been unbelievable. We are so blessed. And it, it, it can't even really explain it in the natural. We didn't meet for 10 weeks. So we know that God's hand is on this. And now is the time. And we're just we're moving out in faith. And we just know that this is, this is the time to move. And it was interesting looking back, like Mike had said back in 2019, you know, it's in the worldly, you'd say, okay, that's the time to move forward. No, you know, everyone has jobs and, you know, there's no coronavirus. We didn't even know what it was back then. Well, maybe some people did, but um, it just, you know, we go to 2020 now. Some people are out of jobs. You know, we're not going to church in person right away for a while. And, you know, but giving's up. There's more people here. There's more people tuning in. I mean, just like that song said, Lord, only you can. It's, it's, it's nothing that, obviously, it's the 20 years of obedience that this church has had in, in the giving, and now is the time to build. It's, it's just really exciting. Yes, so it's been many years in the making, and it's pretty exciting stuff. So there's been a lot of, just want to thank you guys for all your prayers over the last weeks, months, years, decades. <laughs> so thank you for all your prayers, and good stuff. couple things I wanted to share was, you, you have to know, this has always been something that's been, you know, on Mike's heart. And they have, they and the board have searched everywhere. Like, do we need to go into a different facility? You know, anything that opens up, they've checked out. And this is where God keeps coming back to them. We, the, the land was given to us. And um, in August, I started, my, you know, reading the the Bible again, so I've been going through Genesis, Exodus, you know, numbers, and just impressed upon the times when, you know, when people would, they would, they didn't have a tabernacle, but they would build an altar. And a lot of times it talked about these rocks are going to be a witness of the Lord. And that's what this building is going to represent to the community. It's a witness of who God is, how faithful he is. It's a place for his spirit to dwell. It's a place for people to come. And I'm just so excited for us to have that presence in this area. And I think it's significant even, it's the Feast of Tabernacles right now. And just that time, it's a remembrance of when, even when they were roaming in the desert, Moses and the Israelites, he had them build that tabernacle. 
And so I'm excited to go on this journey with all of you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all. Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. You want to say something? Um, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for all standing with us all. Um, uh, and we do have a special guest in here. I know he just loves attention, but Kelly Schrock's going to be the contractor. Just wave. Wave where you're at. Kelly is here from Schrock Construction, and they're the construction managers of the project. And so you see some construction going on out there. Remember to pray as you drive by. Bless them. We just thank you, him and his, his father. And then Mark. Mark has a video. Thank you. Can we pull that up, that video, and start that really quick? Hi, Harvest Alexandria Church family. My name is Mark Mintendorf, and this is my wife, Diane. Good morning. As church members and as a trustee, I can't tell you how excited we are about the prospects of this new building project. You know, we were just talking and saying how, you know, really grateful we've been for the space that we've been given. We've loved our church, and I uh, feel like... Um, you know, it's been a wonderful place, but we have been anticipating the prospect of a new church for a long time, and we're just super excited. I was looking in Proverbs, and I read in Proverbs 24, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And I thought about that idea of rare and beautiful treasures, not only being uh, the decorations and the the purposeful way that the church will be built, but also the rare and beautiful treasures being um, our church members, our babies in the nursery, our kids in preschool and the youth group and all the different uh, rooms and how they're gonna be, how they're gonna be built and used. So um, we just know that it's gonna be an awesome opportunity for us to grow as a church uh, and to just bless the members um, that we currently have. Yes, and as trustees, we've uh, tried to use the Holy Spirit's wisdom and uh, making all of our uh, building decisions as we've looked at rental spaces and uh, the, the prospects of uh, building a brand new building is just so exciting. And we're happy to be with you today and God bless you all. Yep, bless you. Have a great day. Yep, bye-bye. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Praise God. And so we want to receive communion. Maybe if we have the ushers come forward, they can help set out. And while they're getting that set up before we receive the communion, um, bring up that communion slide maybe. Uh, one of the words that the Lord gave me was the timing, that this timing, um, and actually a kairos is a Greek word that actually means time. And there's actually two words in, in the New Testament about time. One is chronos, we get calendar. And the other one is this one, uh, Kairos and uh, Kronos refers to just something that's chronological that just happens along and we've been having a chronological time for, for 20 years here but Kairos actually means an opportune time it actually means a time for action it's actually a prophetic time it means when conditions are right for the accomplishment of some crucial action an opportune and decisive moment and uh, as I shared, you know, I kind of questioned with the Lord and said, Lord, why now? I mean, uh, don't you know we're in unsettling times, as Taylor brought out? And in the natural, it's not the time to step out. People are full of fear, and there's violence and anger, and there's upheaval and political unrest. And we have a, a major election in, in 30, 30 days. And, and this is what I felt the Lord impressed. He said, son, 
When you trust me in the present, your future is always secure. And that is a word he said to tell the church. When you personally trust the Lord in the present, your future is secure. So you need to know that. Amen? And it seems when all hell is breaking loose, this is the time for you, Church of the Harvest, to trust the Lord and to move forward. It's the time for us to rise up and build this tabernacle for the Lord. Can you say amen? I felt the Lord said, impossibilities will become possible when God says so. I felt the Lord say, I've deposited my seed of faith within you, Church for the Harvest. You can now walk on water. And I say, come forth. Watch and see what miracles I will do because you, Harvest, have endured. You have borne misunderstanding and criticism, handled betrayal and pain in the past, but you have stood steady and have steadily proclaimed the truth of my eternal word these past 20 years. And today, my cloud of fire, my presence is moving to the property that I have given you through my faithful servants. And when I say now is the time, I mean now is the time, Harvest. So rouse yourself today, church. Much will be called upon you in this community, in this state, in this nation, and in the nations afar. For I'm bringing the young and the old into this house here. I will lead the bruised and the broken, and I will bring the affluent alike from the four corners of the earth, that my house may be full here at Church for the Harvest. Harvest, you have been faithful and loving and serving and training and equipping and persevering and enduring these past 20 years. <clears throat> and I am continually adding faithful ones along the way that will receive a great reward being a part of it. The Lord showed me the parable of the workers who come along the way, that that is for those who we haven't even been yet added to this church body that will. And I felt the Lord say, son, these are my people. They are now ready to minister to others. And my word today for you all is to go beyond what your limitations have said no. For you, church for the harvest, have overcome and have been found faithful. Because you have overcome, I have given you this land as an inheritance for your children and your children's children, says the Lord. Jeremiah 32 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? And this last verse in Nehemiah 2.18, And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give the Lord a praise? Clap offering. Amen.